0: Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go.
1: Hi, welcome Charles Frydenborg. We're so glad to have you here on the Authentically Successful podcast. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about who you are and your business?
2: Thank you so much. Yes, and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, My name is Chuck Frydenborg. I'm the CEO of MarketMuse. I started working there just over two years ago. I had worked previously in the content optimization software space uh, after a long career in sales at companies such as Gartner and Rosetta Stone. Um, MarketMuse is a content optimization software company. What we do is help our clients create the most topically comprehensive and and high-performing content that they possibly can. We engage with them through the entire content creation workflow, from content strategy and content planning to actual um, creation of the content and then monitoring of the output to ensure that it performs
1: so when you say content creation about what the process that you do, do they, what do they have to bring to the table versus what you create? Because a lot of people struggle with even just coming up with ideas. Do they have to come up with ideas? Do you come up with them? Do you collaborate?
2: That, that's a great question. So if you talk to any content strategist, their number one challenge is deciding what they're going to write about. And there's a number of different criteria that go into making that decision. Our objective is to t- remove the subjectivity from that decision and enable them to make a decision relative to what they're going to write about and how they're going to prioritize that, that content based on data. So when a client first engages with us, the first thing we do is we load their content inventory, all the content on their website or domain into our platform that's gonna tell us a number of things right away. It's gonna give us indications as to the content they've created that's performing well because it's written about the right thing given who they are and who they wanna be. It's written comprehensively and they're yielding the results of that through search and, and performance. We're also gonna identify content that's written about the right thing, but it's not performing. And we can through our platform, give them the insight and guidance that they need to be able to optimize that existing content so that it'll perform in a way that's lined with their expectations and business goals. And then finally, we can highlight for them gaps in their content inventory. Subjects, topics that they should be writing about, but for whatever reason they haven't. But we know given who they are and given what they've written about already, that if they write about those topics in a comprehensive manner, that that content will perform.
1: This is fascinating to me because I'm a person who struggles with creating content. I hate it. Oh, it is. If a painful, it makes you feel any prospect.
2: <laughs> and I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if it makes you feel better, everyone struggles with it. It's not an easy thing to do. And oh. you know, you asked me a moment ago about well, where does you know, kind of where does Market Muse help, and and what do we rely upon with our clients? And really what we rely upon with our clients is simply that they introduce us into their workflow. We're not in the business of, of replacing writers or replacing editors. We're there to make them more efficient. So what we want is to provide them with the, with the information they need to make a best informed decision. And then from an on-page standpoint, we can provide them the guidance to ensure that they're writing the best possible content on that given subject.
1: So um, do you like if they is this like just building their audience content or is it also and or um, if they have a product to sell the copywriting or content for that to be able to increase their sales? Which one, is it both or?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really both. I mean, what we're what, what our specialty, our low hanging fruit is when people when companies are writing organic evergreen content. Right. When you're writing that content, you want to make sure you find your audience. And and by finding it, it means they can find you. Right. Right. You want when they do a search on that topic, you want your content to show up on page one. But that's only half the battle. Right. Once they see that content and they click on it, you need to delight them. You don't want to disappoint them. So what does that mean? It means that the way you write that content has to be aligned with their intent you have to answer the questions that somebody who does a search like that is seeking answers on. And then finally, you wanna enable the client to drive that desired behavior. So if there is an outcome, an action, maybe going up to a website to make a purchase, through the way you write that content, the way you cover it and the depth and, and the way you approach that subject matter, you want to drive that behavior. And that's What's, what we help them do.
1: What size companies does this benefit the most?
2: See, and that's one of the most attractive things that I saw in Market News when I decided to join the company. You have so many uh, software companies, really any B2, B2C company or B2B company, excuse me, where you know, they're focused on specific verticals or they work small to mid-sized businesses, or they focus most exclusively on enterprise. We're not encumbered by that at all. Content is critical towards, to every company in, in one way or another. Any company that is writing content at scale, that is writing organic content to drive, to drive search, to drive traffic, they're companies that we can help.
1: So when somebody signs up with you, how do you guarantee that you guys are going to be able to improve their bottom line through helping them with their content?
2: Well, guarantee is a funny word, but what we can do, because obviously you don't control all the variables. But what we in essence do is we give them the answers to the test, right? We can show them right off if they're going to write a, a piece of content on a particular subject. You know, number one, this is how long the piece of content should be. Number two, these are the primary topics you could cover. And these are the subtopics with, within each of these, these main topics. This is the depth with which you need to cover them. We can offer recommendations re- relative to variances of approaches, right? If you can bring up a, once one topic five different times, you probably don't want to take the same contextual approach. We can give them different ways to approach it, which will not be repetitive and will engage their audience. Then we want to make sure that we're in that piece of content, that they're answering the questions that the reader is trying to answer. And on top of that, we can give them internal and external linking recommendations so that they can strengthen the comprehensiveness and the, and the subject matter authority that that, that, that article gives.
1: So I've been, um, doing virtual assistance for an organization that's been growing and it includes creating content pages and things like that. And one of the things that I've seen is that it gets better the longer that people work with them. And I would think this is the same situation, but I would also think that sometimes, or quite often people sign up and expect like a quick, quick, um, turnaround of
2: immediate, a- immediate lift.
1: Yeah, and and that's just not possible. The real getting people to realize that building that relationship, so you can understand their audience more, understand them more, and creating that content. How long does it take usually um, to really kind of nail, pinpoint, and get really accurate with a, a client?
2: Well, and the- and, and the answer is, it depends. And it depends on all those different variables that you just mentioned relative to you know, how much authority the company's already created relative to a particular topic. Um, we're able to help them there. I mean, first, you always want to set reasonable expectations up front. You know, anybody that, that has chops in SEO is going to tell you that SEO is not a three or six month game, right? Oh. You've got to be in for the long haul. What we try to do in our platform, though, is set accurate expectations for the client so that for any particular topic, so that they can prioritize effectively. We offer um, a particular view for our clients, which is called personalized difficulty. And in talking about a particular topic, we're just not saying, in general, this is how difficult it is to rank at on this topic, we're going we're gonna to tell them how difficult it is for them, right? So that they can use that information where, is that something we want to prioritize right now? Or would we rather hit another topic where the personalized difficulty for us is much easier so that we can get some short-term wins? There's no right or wrong answer there. They've got to decide what they want to do, but we're giving them the information so that they can make a best informed decision.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. And looking at the background, um, watching some people become their own worst enemy and during the process, because you get frustrated and you want things so much that we tend to block ourselves. And the, I would say open communication really keeps the ball rolling. But some people get really stuck on um, what they, I guess, they created in their mind.
2: Yeah, no, that that's fair. And, you know, one of the things we tell all of our our client-facing uh, personnel all the time is about setting accurate expectations. Uh, I think that's actually one of the you know we talk about all these different business models. I, I think the annually renewable SaaS business that so many software companies like ourselves have embraced, because it's annually renewable, you take a different approach. You know, your focus is not to get a client because if you get them by setting false expectations and then you lose that client after a year, all you've really done is burned a lot of resources and burned a bridge, right? Right. What you wanna do is set accurate expectations so that client understands what the definition of success really is and they believe in the fact that we can execute together and get them there. That's how you get a client that stays with you and and expands their, their spend with you year over year over year.
1: And one of the great ways to grow your business is outsourcing what you are not good at, <laughs> which yeah. is where you guys step in. But then also as a company, you have to, because content is king and we need a lot of it, you have to outsource it, I would imagine, and have really good quality employees helping you create all of this. Because it does take quite a bit of time to create content, true?
2: Well, you know, actually, we don't create the content for them. Ah. Right? we. We, we are providing them the technology so that they can produce the content more effective, effectively and at higher scale. Where we do augment writing capability, we actually do it through our platform. Uh, one of the, one of the, uh, deliverables that comes with our platform is an offering we call First Draft. Uh, which is a natural language generation offering that's built off of our content briefs, where we provide our, our clients with machine-generated content on a specific topic. Now, it's called first draft for a reason, right? It's It needs polishing. It certainly requires editorial oversight, but they can take sentence and paragraphs from from what our platform has produced for them and they can include it in, in their content to accelerate their capability to create
1: content more quickly. So if someone wanted to outsource their content, their um, content creation, what would you suggest that they do?
2: I mean, there are uh, a a bunch of really wonderful uh, writing services, networks and agencies out there. Um, If uh, you know, and frankly, this is something we see a lot, you know, companies in the midst of the economic impact of the pandemic have had to cut back on resources. And of course, just like everybody else, they're they're being told, okay, yes, you've got less resources, but you still got to get it done. You still got to produce the amount of content that, that we need to drive the business results that we want to drive. Um, we feel like we do help our clients in that direction by making them more effective and more efficient. Having said that, we do have relationships with a handful of of writing services networks and agencies that we can refer our clients to when they have a need, where they just, they need to throw more resources at the problem than they have.
1: So during COVID, I would imagine you guys, your business has skyrocketed because so many people are having to improve their content pivot, change things up. Um, how has that been for you since COVID?
2: You know, it, that that element of the equation has certainly helped us. I, I'll be frank and tell you that it's been more, that positive impact has been more than uh, counterbalanced by reduced spend and reduced investment by companies, especially in in marketing organizations. But having said that, uh, we still grew very well in in 2020, and we're expecting to uh, accelerate our growth to pre-pandemic rates uh, in
1: 2021. And how do you, one of the, things that I see in businesses that succeed is they just, they react and they make decisions quickly and they bring people on board when they need to add in new employees to fulfill a need. Um, How have you guys been managing that with new hires and managing employees? What's your leadership like for um, your organization?
2: Now, you know, I appreciate that question because I think it's so important. And, you know, you asked that question within the context of the growth of our organization. And how we've been able to iterate and pivot. But I would offer that it's the same basic fundamental strategy that that, that successful people employ. Right? You need to be able to look in the mirror and go through a, a, a truthful exercise of, of introspection, right? To look in the mirror and see and see what's there, to understand what's working and not working and iterate. Um, And I feel like we've done a really nice job of that in the last year. Um, We're not going to have all the right answers, right? You're going to get some things right. Some things you're going to make the best informed decision you can make at the time. And it's not going to pan out. But you have to be able to look at it critically, be honest, and raise your hand and say, okay, we got that one wrong. How can we learn from the experience we've just had and improve? And I would say that's really where it comes into answering your question in terms of how we have iterated and improved is going through that, that perpetual exercise of, of introspection to make sure that you get it right. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Just don't make the same one over and over and over.
1: And how do you um, go about hiring your people and then keeping people um on board with your company? Um, Do you guys have a certain um, atmosphere that you want to create with your employees?
2: Yeah, I I think we do. I think everybody does. And, And with, you know, with a culture, regardless of what the specifics of that culture are, where it falls apart or when there's friction is when your leadership team is not behaving in a way that's aligned with the culture of of the company, um, I take that very, very seriously. My leadership team takes that very seriously. You know, we want to challenge our folks. As I've mentioned, we we want to we want to create an an atmosphere of what we call radical transparency. Uh, we you may not always like the decisions, but we're always going to explain them. We're always going to tell you why, and we're never going to be afraid to hear contradictory or dissenting opinions. And we're going to continue to iterate and work to get better every day. And the underlying theme on that is you do you do all of that while making sure your communications with your, your fellow employees, with your partners, with your clients are always respectful, always, always professional. You know, somewhere along the line, uh, being politically correct kind of got this negative um, connotation to it. I don't I don't buy into that. To me, being politically correct means you're sensitive of, of alternative positions, that you're understanding, that you're compassionate, and that you seek to find common ground. That's something we're proud of.
1: I love that. I love that. I, I really appreciate you um sharing that. That's really important and um it speaks a lot to you and your organization.
2: Well, thank you for saying that.
1: Uh, well, thank you. Uh, how can people, can, our time is up, unfortunately. How can people connect with you?
2: Well, I mean, me personally, please just find me on LinkedIn. Uh, we mentioned the last name at the outset of, of the program. It's kind of unusual. Charles Frydenborg, it'd be hard to miss. Um, www.marketmuse.com. You know, um, please feel free to reach out at any time. Would love to have a dialogue with anybody that, uh, decided to, you know, invest 30 minutes of their time to listen to our conversation today.
1: Yeah, I imagine you can add, even just in a 30 minute conversation, you can add so much value to someone in their business. I just with content is just endless, isn't it?
2: <laughs> well, true. And and I'll tell you, I, I I sincerely welcome the opportunity to to do so. You know, I I was blessed at so many uh different inflection points of my career when I had someone provide advocacy or support for me and and provide me with an opportunity when doing so might not have been the safest choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm very cognizant of that. So any opportunity I have to give back or or help somebody uh, that's where I was a few years ago, I'm,
1: I'm happy to do it. So you guys, if you're listening, and you are, Take them up on this offer and it's MarketMuse.com. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, VerticalElevation.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.